You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited time offer right now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, my Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast, your home for the most up-to-date news, topics, discussions, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I hope you guys are doing very well today. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Uh, And I also wanted to say really quickly that anybody who's living here on the East Coast, particularly in the New Jersey, New York metropolitan area, and uh, has been dealing with uh, Hurricane Henry, I hope you guys are safe. um, And I hope you guys are healthy and that there was no damage going on in your area, but just continue to be safe uh, during this time with these, uh, these hurricanes and tropical storms that we're dealing with. But to, but nonetheless, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly 
greatly appreciated. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we actually have a little bit of Devil's news slash rumors to talk about. So that's kind of an exciting thing because obviously the last uh, week, you know, a couple weeks, we haven't had much to discuss, but luckily the Devils have been so generous to uh, keep themselves in the news and in the rumor mill just a little bit to give us something to talk about. And we're also going to be talking about a certain Hudson River rival who just this past weekend announced their retirement from the National Hockey League. So we have a bunch to get to here in this episode. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we'll start with the most important thing, which is the news that we got on Friday. On Friday, the New Jersey Devils announced they had signed one of their first-round picks from this year, number 29 overall forward Chase Stillman, to a three-year contract, an entry-level contract, which is basically what you normally get once you are drafted uh, into the NHL. Your first contract, in case most of you don't know, uh, once you get drafted and you get signed by you know, your team, you get signed to the max, I think, three-year entry-level contract. And so the Devils decided to make one of their first-round picks an official member of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Chase Stillman is 18 years old, and this past year he played for S. Jurg under-20 team in Denmark while on loan from the Sudbury Wolves of the Ontario Hockey League as he was unable to have a season this past year due to COVID-19. But in just eight games, and we talked about this when the Devils drafted him and we kind of recapped the draft, in just eight games overseas in Denmark, Stillman had nine goals, seven assists for 16 points, and he also had 43 penalty minutes. He led his team in points per game and ranked third in goals and points. So in less than 10 games playing overseas, and I'm, I imagine that's the first time in his career he's played overseas, and granted it was the under-20s, he was still able to go over there and actually make major contributions in just a short amount of time. So a very, very impressive job by Chase Stillman. Stillman actually has ties to the NHL with his father, number one, Corey Stillman, after he was selected sixth overall in the 1992 NHL entry draft by the Calgary Flames. And Corey would go on to play 16 seasons in the NHL, appearing in over 1,000 games, posting 727 points while winning two Stanley Cup titles with the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2004 and the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. Uh, Chase also has an older brother, Riley Stillman, who was entering his second season with the Chicago Blackhawks. So obviously hockey is the lifeblood of the Stillman family, as now we have our third generation or second generation, I guess you would say, um, Stillman in the National Hockey League. Now, most likely for Chase, he will probably go back to the Ontario Hockey League and play next season with the Sudbury Wolves. Um, is there a possibility that he could join the Utica Comets later on this season? I think there's always a possibility. Um, I don't know how likely that will be. Will Stillman be an invite to training camp? That remains to be seen. I mean, there's a lot going on that we really don't know. Like, we really, we know the majority of the guys are going to be at training camp, the obvious people, you know, the likes of Nico, Jack Hughes, all those guys. But obviously, there's a lot of question marks about some of the other young players and even some of the prospects that we have that either had a little bit of a chance to play in the NHL or have still yet to play in the NHL that are going to get an opportunity to try to see if they can make the roster. So there's some guys that obviously we're looking at, guys like Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, 
uh, Shakir, Luka Madulin, uh, different guys like that, that we're kind of curious to know whether or not they're going to be over here in New Jersey um, getting an opportunity to play. I did see over this past week on social media, some of the Devils prospects, even guys like Luke Hughes and Graham Clark and guys like that, actually were all together hanging out at the Yankees game back on Wednesday when they were at home against the Boston Red Sox. So I don't think the Devils are actually having a development camp, but it seems to me that they're at least doing some bonding, which is good, because obviously these guys are part of the future of this team and are hopefully going to be major you know, contributors to this organization moving forward, trying to get back to becoming a Stanley Cup contender. Now, before anybody really jumps off, you know, jumps off the clip and freaks out, here's the thing as to why Stillman signed an entry-level contract and why Luke Hughes has yet to sign an entry-level contract. It's very, very simple, to be honest with you. First of all, Chase Stillman has a little bit more experience right now and probably is a little bit closer to the NHL than somebody like Luke Hughes. And again, Luke Hughes was the youngest player in the entry draft. He's 17 years old. He's not even 18 years of age, and he's going to be going over to the University of Michigan to play his first year of college hockey. I would expect within the next year, maybe in the next two years, that Luke Hughes will sign his entry-level contract. I think the earliest we're going to see that is probably after this season of college hockey, whenever that ends for the University of Michigan. Hopefully, it ends in Michigan winning a national championship. That'll be something that I think a lot of Devils fans and even some hockey fans would like to really say that would be something. And you look at that team, you look at the Michigan team, you look at the likes of Kent Johnson, Owen power guys, and obviously adding Luke Hughes and some of the guys that are coming back that were drafted this past year. They're one of the most stacked teams, particularly defensively going into the college hockey season. I think they're going to be one of those big contenders at trying to win a national championship 100%. And, and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what they're able to do, but I think Luke Hughes, it's going to take a little bit of time before he signs his entry-level deal. Do not worry about it. Stillman's a little bit older. And again, I think Stillman may have a little bit of an upper hand when it comes to, you know, how soon he can make the NHL roster if he ever actually makes the NHL roster. And I know that a lot of people gave Tom Fitzgerald a lot of crap for drafting this guy particularly with the 29th overall pick. It, it, you know, most of us probably would have preferred to see him maybe make a deal to get some more picks or get a player that would actually join the team right away, you know, or, you know, in any case. But the reality is simply that I don't think Tom Fitzgerald ever got a deal that he really wanted. And I think also, judging from what I was able to pick up from information, the Devils really liked Chase Stillman and were not confident with their second round pick that they were going to be able to select him. I think a lot of people seem to expect that Chase Stillman was going to be a guy that was going to be taken in the early second round. So the Devils decided, well, you might as well just get him now when you have the opportunity. So the Devils drafted him and Chase Stillman, obviously he's not a, you know, blow away player. He's not a guy that's going to wow you. He's a workmanlike grinded out type of player, which we need some of those guys as well. And we're trying to create depth in all phases of our team as much as possible. So I have nothing, you know, I'm very much excited. Like I am with every prospect, the Devils draft, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they can do obviously going into the season and moving forward to try to see if they can become an NHL player and obviously become a New Jersey devil. So that's going to be something that we're really looking forward to, but the devils decided to make it official and they signed. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, that Chase Stillman is the first player in this entire draft class that has signed an entry level contract. And again, I will reiterate this 
probably within the next year or two, Luke Hughes will sign his entry-level contract as well. Do not worry. It's nothing like he doesn't want to sign with us or anything like that. It's simply that he's 17 years of age. We need to give him another year to you know, continue to do what he needs to do. And again, sometimes the reason these guys get signed earlier or later all depends on their projections. The thing is, is that you don't want to waste a year of the entry-level contract with him playing in college. You want to at least give him the opportunity to start his entry-level deal when he's at least in Utica, if that ever becomes the case. But if he comes to New Jersey and he makes the team his first year, okay, then you got three years of his entry-level deal while playing in the NHL. And that could be very beneficial if the team is a lot close to being a Stanley Cup contender and trying to win a Stanley Cup and him is on his rookie deal. So I think that that's, I think that's something you have to understand when it comes to why sometimes guys get an entry-level contract, you know, now as opposed to later or later instead of now. It's just trying to help you guys understand why they make those decisions. But from what Chase Stillman has said, he's super excited, and I can obviously understand why, but he's super excited to just be drafted into the NHL. He's looking forward to being a part of the New Jersey Devils organization, and it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I I personally take great pride in when guys talk about how excited and really thrilled they are to be part of this organization, and I'm looking forward to seeing Chase Stillman play, uh, whether that's in the OHL this year or maybe sometime down the road playing in Utica. Uh, We're really looking forward to it. So, to wrap up this little park here, the Devils announced on Friday they announced that they had signed one of their first-round picks, the 29th overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft, 2021 NHL entry draft, uh, for Chase Stillman to a three-year entry-level contract. So Chase Stillman is officially a New Jersey Devil. Welcome to the New Jersey Devils organization, Chase Stillman. The next topic we're going to discuss is actually a rumor. We actually haven't gotten a rumor in quite some time. And no, it has nothing to do with Tarasenko. Well, maybe not exactly about Tarasenko, but I I think the chances of it being Tarasenko is probably very unlikely. Uh, Mike Morial, who we've had the pleasure of welcoming on uh, the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and check out that one. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But Mike Morial of NHL.com who is one of the writers for obviously NHL.com and mainly focuses on the Devils as well. Uh, He recently stated that he feels the Devils still need another veteran piece to help out with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. And I've said it before that, honestly, when you look at the team and you look at the additions that Fitzgerald has made, like I said, he pretty much checked off everything he had to check off off the list. Anything he does at this point is a surplus and would just make this team more deep, which I think is obviously something that Fitzgerald likes to really emphasize, making this a deep team with prospects and other players you know, involved in the organization. So when it comes to thinking about, well, who is still out there from at least a free agent perspective, because there's obviously a lot of options in the trade market if the Devils want to go that route. But when you look at it from the free agent market, who are some names that stand out when it comes to being vet guys that you can bring in on, you know, short and very low money deals um, to help this team uh, right now and try to help the likes of Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Well, there's obviously, you know, former New Jersey Devils captain and still, at least at the moment, currently still free agent, Zach Parise. Now, I just, I'm recording this on August 22nd, the Sunday, 
And I just saw about an hour ago that there is a report or a rumor that Zach Parise has signed a one-year deal with the New York Islanders. Wouldn't be pretty much, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if that ended up being the case. Because again, the New York Islanders have not announced any signings except the extension of Adam Pellick. That's all we've gotten. We really have no idea who the New York Islanders have signed at all. If they're in the works to make any sort of trades for a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, we have zero idea. I would expect in the next two or three weeks that we will know, because at some point you're going to have to figure that out once you get closer to the start of training camp. But if Zach Parise is still technically out there and is still available for someone to go after, I think the Devils, it really wouldn't hurt them to kick the tires to have somebody like him come in for a year or two. A guy who's been in New Jersey, who knows the fan base, who knows the organization and knows the history of this team and also being a former captain, I think it could certainly help. And I think Zach Parise could contribute, not at the same pace he did maybe four or five, six years ago, but I still think he could contribute in one way or another. So that's obviously an option. Another option is a guy who was... At the time, for a while, one of the bigger public enemies of the New Jersey Devils, and that is former Carolina Hurricanes uh, winger Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl, I think, is still a solid player. Everywhere he's gone, especially now that he's more of a journeyman, he's actually been able to contribute pretty well. He did a decent job while he was in Montreal, helping them get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I think if he came here and was helping out some of the young guys, and uh, again, Having him for a year, you know, signing him to a one-year contract wouldn't necessarily be that bad of an option. And we could do the same thing that Buffalo did. If the Devils are in a position where they're sellers at the deadline, it's fine. We can sell off Eric Stahl for a fifth or sixth round pick, whatever the case may be, depending on how he's doing, to a cup contending team, and they can go from there. That's always an option. And Stahl could very well help us, even if we are a team competing for a playoff, with the fact that he has Stanley Cup championship experience and obviously just a lot of veteran playoff experience in general, I think it could be very beneficial. And when it comes to putting up numbers, he's a guy that I think, honestly, I could see him getting between you know, 12 to 15 goals, which I think could help. Because again, we know that Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer are looking to really break out. Nico in particular is looking to break out and try to get back to where he was at his rookie year and trying to actually have a full healthy season. Jack Hughes is really on point to have a massive breakout year that could put him into the star, maybe possible superstar tier because you can just see the talent that he has. And if he just gets the right pieces around him, he's going to be able to explode. And even adding veteran pieces like a Prize, like a stall, like some of the other guys I'm going to mention in just a minute, I think that could very well benefit him. And again, these are just low cost veteran guys that kind of, I think, fit the bill of what Mike Morial was saying when it comes to the potential of adding another veteran piece to this team. Another guy is James Neal, who was bought out by the, I want to, I think it was in Edmonton. I, I, at this point, I totally forgot where he was. Um, but he was bought out and obviously he, I think he's going to pretty much at this point ask for the veteran minimum if he's going to continue to play. Uh, he's certainly not the player was a couple of years ago where he was really scoring a lot and being, you know, a big you know contributor. The last time he was really, really solid was the first year of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping them get to the Stanley Cup finals. Um, but again, 
He's a guy that could get us maybe 15, 16, 17, 18 goals, if you really want to put it that way. And him being more of a scorer, I think, could be a beneficial thing for a guy, particularly like Nico Heeshear, because I think that, you know, Nico's not a guy who necessarily has a nose for the goal. He's much more of a two-way center, a guy who's much more of a playmaker. And if he has a guy like James Neal, a vet guy that, that really likes to score, that could be very good because then he could connect very well and go from there. Just the possibility, throwing it out there. And probably out of the four guys I've mentioned, this guy in particular is probably the least likely considering where he is in his career, considering that he was solid in Detroit, but not, not anywhere near maybe what the Devils would be looking for. But that is uh, actually New Jersey native himself, Bobby Ryan. That's a guy that I think that, you know, he could be a third line guy, but would he necessarily be somebody that could help out Jack Hughes and Nico? Maybe on the power play, if he's more of a solid power play type of player, um, but again, he's just another veteran option if things go down the drain. So when I look at these four guys that I mentioned, and he, again, these are potential options. These are not, I'm not saying the Devils are looking at these guys. I'm not saying that these are the four guys the Devils need to be looking at. These are just potential options that I saw when I was doing my own research as to what guys I think could be good options in general. But when I look at these four, the two guys that really stand out to me are the first two guys that I mentioned. And that's Zach Parise and Eric Stahl. Zach Parise, like I mentioned, former captain of New Jersey Devils. He has expressed interest reportedly that, you know, out of the two, you know, out of all the teams in the NHL, other than the Islanders, he probably wouldn't, he, he seems like he would be okay with coming back to New Jersey. And I think Devils fans would actually be kind of excited to have him come back, even though he's not the player that he was, you know, that he was when he left New Jersey after the 2012 season. And adding a guy like Eric Stahl, a guy who's still a pretty big body, can be somewhat physical, something that we've lacked, and a guy that could still, you know, put up a pretty decent amount of points at his age, I think it work out. So all this brings back to, I don't know if the Devils are done. I would like to think that they are. I would like to think that at this point they're going, okay, now we're going to get into training camp. But there's still always a possibility. I would imagine that Tom Fitzgerald has given it some thought and has continued to look at this team and said, okay, is there really anybody else out there that we feel that could really benefit this team? Are we lacking something? Are we still lacking something? W what is it that we're doing? Are they still on the Vladimir Tarasenko uh, sweepstakes, if you want to call it that? I think, honestly, at this point, every team that was reportedly interested is now done because I think it's at this point where they look at it and say, the asking price is too much, and that's just how it's going to be. And that's where I kind of cracked on both St. Louis and also the Buffalo Sabres, that they've just been waiting too long to try to get the perfect deal. And they may have gotten good offers before and chose not to take them, and maybe that's going to be a regret. I don't know. I think, you know, again, you're looking at two players in Jack Eichel and Tarasenko that both want out of their respective teams and maybe once the season starts and they get going maybe they might pick up some more interest but I think particularly more for Buffalo they need to get this done before training camp starts I really do and I just saw that there's a couple teams that have really been calling over the last 24 48 hours uh teams like you know not surprisingly the New York Rangers um the Anaheim Ducks as well the Calgary Flames, which I think would be a really interesting place for Jack Eichel to go. I actually think that Eichel would take the Flames over the top and get them back into being a playoff team and 
if the chemistry works, they can really, really rock and roll moving forward. Um, you know, those are a couple of the reported teams. But at the end of the day, I think when you look at it from the devil's perspective and going back to what we were saying and going back to Mike Morial's comment, those are just some guys that could be potential. But as far as do I think the devils actually do it, I'm leaning more towards I think that they're pretty much done. I don't think that they're going to make any more moves. I think Fitzgerald is satisfied with what he has, and he wants to continue to create competition, and he wants to give some young guys some opportunities in training camp, and I think we're going to see that once training camp starts. But would I be totally surprised if they made another move? Not necessarily because maybe the Devils want to add a little bit more veteran um, experience to the lineup. Because again, this all revolves around Tom Fitzgerald making the comment that he wants this team to have competitive, meaningful games in late March, April timeframe towards the end of the year. And that pretty much, without saying it, pretty much means he wants this team to be competing for a playoff spot. And I do think that there is some expectation of that if this team can stay healthy and everything works the way that we're hoping that this team could very well compete for a playoff spot. Because again, when you look at the entire Metropolitan Division, we were the most active team. We were the most improved team. And I get it that you don't win games and you don't make the playoffs based off of what you do in the offseason, as we've proven in years past. You win by actually going out there and playing well and creating good chemistry and having a system that works for the team that you have. Um, and that's going to be what we have to look forward to once the season gets underway, if it all can mesh together. But I'm sure that that's going to be the expectation from not only the players in the organization, but certainly from the fans. We're tired of the losing. Let's just call it like it is. We're tired of being at the bottom of the NHL. We need to show progress. We need to show that we are a team that's getting out of the rebuilding phase and moving into being a playoff contender and then eventually a Stanley Cup contender. And we do have a very, very bright future and even a bright present. But now it's about going out there and proving that we can do this. So all in all, when it comes to this, we will see if the Devils are indeed done. We are about a month or so away probably from the start of training camp. I would imagine it starts in mid to late September since I think the first preseason game is September 29th or 30th. Um, we will see. Well, and those are just some options, but they very well could bring in somebody I don't know about. Maybe a Tyler Bozak. Who knows? Galchenyuk, maybe. Who knows? We shall see. So now we go to I don't know if I would necessarily say this is like the main part of this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. I mean, I certainly think it is. And it's going to, it has to be about what we found out also on Friday morning. Um, on Friday morning, via his Instagram and Twitter, former New York Rangers goaltender Henrik Lundqvist officially announced his retirement from the game of hockey. And I'm going to read you what he said. He put it uh, both in English and also Swedish for people to read. And I'm going to read what he said. So this is from his uh, Instagram slash Twitter. He goes, it's time. For the last 30 years, I have devoted my life to the game of hockey. And now it's time to walk away from the game I love and begin a new chapter. The future excites me. I've met so many amazing people over the years that will help to guide and inspire me in my new journey. There are many things I love about this game. From the excitement I felt as an eight-year-old at my first practice to the 15 years of butterflies I had every time I took the ice in the greatest city in the world. I'm extremely grateful for what hockey has brought me and taught me in life. These lessons will never leave me. Thank you to all the coaches and players that helped me throughout my career. Thank you to Swedish hockey. 
From growing up and playing in Sweden to ultimately representing my country on the world stage, these are some of my proudest moments. Thank you to the New York Rangers and New York City. I'm a born Swede, but I'll always feel like a New Yorker, thanks to you. Thank you to the NHL. This league was everything I dreamed of and more. Lastly, thank you to the game of hockey and its fans. You gave my life purpose, and I have loved every single minute of it. Thank you all. So, does this come as a shock? Right away, that's my that's the first, I'm sure that's the first question that people ask me. Does this come as a shock? No, not really at all. And it's just unfortunate that he had to retire in this way. Um, you know, first of all, whenever somebody retires, especially somebody like a Henrik Lundqvist, who's made such an impact on an organization, it's always tough to see them finally decide it. And it's tough for any professional athlete when they've spent their entire life up to this point, as Lundqvist said, 30 years, where you're focusing and you're devoting all of your time and effort into the sport that you love. And your goal is to be a professional athlete and to play a long time in professional sports. And then you get to the point where you're not even 40 years of age and you are done with what I guess you would say your life's work. And now you have to go into the next phase of your life to kind of figure out what you're going to do. Um, and so the question is, how did we get to this point with Lundquist deciding to retire? After he was bought out by the Rangers prior to the 2020, you know, 21 season, he signed a one-year deal with the Washington Capitals, which was obviously a surprise. Um, I remember, uh, if you guys have been around listening to the Devil State of Mind podcast for over the past, you know, year that I've done it, thank, first of all, thank you so much for all your love and support. Uh, second, you will remember that when the New Jersey Devils decided to buy out uh, Corey Schneider, we had talked about potential backup options. Um, and I remember that there was an article and a report that came out that the Devils had actually expressed some interest in bringing in Henrik Lundqvist as a backup to Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, for me personally, being a fan of Henrik Lundqvist for as long as I've been and watching him as much as I, I have, uh, I looked at it and said, it's not necessarily a bad option. And I think a lot of you actually agreed with me that if he was brought here, it wouldn't be a bad option. Would it be weird? 100%, especially for Rangers fans. It would have been very tough to see him wearing, of all colors, the red and black of the New Jersey Devils. It would have been weird for me, and he wouldn't have been allowed to wear number 30. That would have been the other thing. It would have been weird to see him wear a number other than 30. Same thing if you saw Marty Berner wear a number other than 30. It would have been very, very weird. But he ended up signing a one-year deal with the Washington Capitals, and for good reason. You looked at that team. You looked at, obviously, they also brought in Zdeno Char, and they still had a lot of the majority of the guys from that Stanley Cup team a couple of years earlier. They were there for one reason, one reason only, to try to compete for a Stanley Cup, something that Henrik Lundqvist, unfortunately, has not been able to achieve in his career and, fortunately, won't get the opportunity to do so. Um, but right before training camp, uh, it, he actually ended up having to uh, require open-heart surgery after an enlarged aorta. Iorta, excuse me if I pronounced that correctly, Iorta and leaky valve had been discovered during a pre-camp exam in his heart, um, which was obviously a stunning thing. It was like, wow, he needs open heart surgery. I mean, you're forgetting about, you know, will he be able to play? It's a question of, will he be able to be alive just in general? That was kind of the thing. Uh, the next thing that I found out that was really interesting was that Henrik Lundqvist and the Rangers were aware that the goaltender had a heart condition that required monitoring following the Swedes' first medical upon joining the organization back in 2005. 
The condition, which was checked regularly, never reached the point where Lundquist required medical attention throughout his Broadway run. I will say this right up front. I'm not mad at all at the Rangers for obviously, you know, allowing this to happen because, again, it never, as they said, they, they checked it regularly. They made sure all the time he was okay. It never got to the point where it was just getting out of control and that he couldn't play. So you're talking about it was 2005. And he played from that from 2005 all the way to 2019. And it never came up. It wasn't until he got, obviously, to 2020 that it became a problem. And obviously, with, all, with also the COVID-19 pandemic and you know people who are having heart problems and things like that are more susceptible and more at risk, obviously, Lundquist wasn't going to take the chance on doing it. Uh, Lundquist ended up having surgery at the Cleveland Clinic on January 8th of 2021, in which Lundquist received an aortic valve replacement, an aortic root and ascending aortic replacement, and was successful to the degree that the goaltender had gotten back onto the ice in late February and was taking shots while planning to join the Caps for the final weeks of the season and the playoffs. But unfortunately, Henrik Lundqvist was shut down in early April after inflammation was discovered. Then came summer as he hoped before medical reality intruded and put a premature end to one of the great goaltending careers in NHL history and one of the most legendary careers in Rangers history. I had heard a report about a, a month or two ago that Lundquist was pretty confident that he was going to be able to play. Um, and that was obviously, uh, I'm sure, a topic of discussion on Cap's Chirp podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Please go check them out if you are a major um, Capitals fan or just a hockey fan in general. You'll love those guys. Polly Cupcakes, Hockey Troll. They are hilarious. They are entertaining. Uh, please go check them out uh, just for me. Tell them Neil sent you. Uh, would greatly appreciate that as well. But I'm sure it was a topic of discussion as to wondering what the um, Capitals were going to do with their goaltending situation. Um, I was kind of wondering if uh, Lundqvist's contract was just moved over to this year because he didn't play at all. I was wondering if he was a free agent, if somebody was going to pick him up. But uh, Lundqvist made the very tough decision uh, this past Friday to announce his retirement from the NHL. It didn't surprise me that much considering the fact that he had open heart surgery and it was kind of a thing where you wonder, you know, is it safe for him to come back? And Granted, COVID-19 is still here and we're still getting cases of it and people are still dealing with it. So it's not like everything's back to normal and back to the way it was, um, you know, you know, with regards to health. I mean, obviously got, people are getting vaccinated. I'm sure he got vaccinated as well, but still it's uh, the touchy. It's still not the most safe uh, situation, but you know, Lundquist, obviously what I think uh, is the smartest decision, he decided to hang it up. And I'm sure it was an emotional one. I'm sure it was very difficult. I'm sure he sat and thought about it for a long time and he made the decision to ultimately retire. And that's kind of a tough thing. Uh, let me read to you really quickly some of the things that Lundquist has done in his career, in case you didn't know. Because I think that it's important for people to understand even Devils fans who have seen Lundquist pretty much play his entire career across the Hudson River, and we've we've come to more or less dislike him for the obvious fact of being the goaltender for the Rangers as long as he did. Uh, Lundquist finishes NHL career with a record of 459, 310, and 96—a 2.43 goals against average, a .918 save percentage, and 64 shutouts in 15 seasons with the New York Rangers. 
He went 61 at 67 with a 2.30 goals against average, a 0.921 save percentage, and 10 shutouts in 100, 130 Stanley Cup playoff games. He is sixth in NHL history in wins, seventh in saves with 23,509, eighth in games played, 887, ninth in starts, 871, ninth in time on ice, 51,816 minutes and 51 seconds, and 17th in shutouts. He was voted the winner of the Vesna Trophy as the best goalie in the NHL in 2011-2012 and is the only goalie in NHL history to start his career with seven consecutive 31 seasons from 2005 to 2012. In his eighth season in 2012-2013, there was a reduced 48-game schedule because of the lockout, and he had 24 wins in 43 games, all starts. So, I mean, hell, if we had even, you know, if we if we had had a regular season that year, he would have continued that streak. Um he had at least 30 wins in each of the next four seasons, giving him 11 seasons with at least that many, ranking third behind, obviously, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, the greatest goaltender to ever play the position, Martin Bernard, who had 14, and Patrick Waugh, who had 13. In NHL postseason history, Lundquist is seventh in saves, 3,567, seventh in starts, 130, eighth in time on ice, 7,935 minutes and 25 seconds, 10th in games played, 130, tied with Ken Dryden for 11th in shutouts and tied with Tom Barrasso for, 14, for 14th in wins. He helped lead the Rangers to the 2014 Stanley Cup Finals where they lost to the LA Kings in five games. And I wanted to talk really quick about that 2014 Cup run. Obviously, other than what happened to Martin St. Louis being traded to the Rangers and losing his mother and having that emotion running through him and, you know, doing as well as he did on mother's day and helping the Rangers come back from down three games to one to Pittsburgh to win that series. Sorry, tip of the iceberg guys. Don't mean to bring that up again, but I had to. Um, Henrik Lundqvist was the biggest reason that the Rangers got to that point. And I'm not going to necessarily say this is going to be a rant, but I just wanted to make this very clear. The New York Rangers did a very bad job for many years not building a good enough team around Henrik Lundqvist. There were many years where Lundqvist was the biggest reason the Rangers were as good as they were, and he had to carry that team so many times, particularly in the postseason. There were times where the Rangers just were not scoring, and Henrik Lundqvist was winning them games because he was just that good. If they, if they had finally been able to build a good team around him, the Rangers would have won a cup, especially in Lundqvist's prime. And yes, you had the 2012 team that lost in six games to the Devils, Henry Kitsover. Um, you know, you had that team. You had the 2014 team that went to the Cup. We're three wins away from winning a Cup, but didn't happen. Um, and I will argue that if it wasn't for a puck stopping right on the ice line, right in the goal crease, uh, the Rangers would have gotten swept in the Cup Finals. Um, you know, I just never felt like that the Rangers did a good enough job of building a, a solid team around Henrik Lundqvist. And, you know, granted, will Rangers fans disagree? I think that there's a case, but I do know for a fact that there are Rangers fans that I've spoken to that I'm friends with that agree 100% with what I'm saying, because it's very, very true. But continuing on here with some of the uh, accolades, stats, you will, for Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Lundqvist is the Rangers leader in wins, shutouts, games played, starts, saves, time on ice, and goalie points. 27, which is all assists. He did not score a goal. 
He's also New York's postseason leader in wins, shutouts, games played, games started, saves, and time on ice. The Rangers bought him out the final season of Lundqvist's contract on September 30th, 2020. And I remember that. I remember it was such a tough thing because you had Shesterkin, you had Georgiev, and you had Lundqvist. One time you were playing all three at, at, you know, during the season. And it just got to the point where it was like, look, unfortunately, you're going to have to move on from Lundqvist because he's the odd man out in this situation. You have Georgiev, who's still young and unproven. Shesterkin, your franchise goaltender, still very unproven. And obviously things have changed since that point. But you had to make that move. And it was up to Lundqvist also to make a decision. Did he want to keep playing or did he want to retire and just kind of make it easy? And so he wanted to keep playing. The Rangers made the tough decision to buy him out. Uh, and he was allowed to sign with another team. Obviously, he signed with the Washington Capitals. But the hockey gods, as cruel as they might be, decided that they did not want Lundqvist to play for any other team other than the Rangers. And as a result, he never played a single game with the Washington Capitals. And the only images we ever had was him practicing in Capitals gear. Other than that, we never got to see Henrik Lundqvist play a single game with the Capitals. Um, so there's that. Uh, the Rangers selected Lundqvist in the seventh round, number 205 overall of the 2000 NHL draft. He played for Frölunda of the Swedish Hockey League before coming to the NHL. Internationally, Henrik Lundqvist won a gold medal with Sweden at the 2006 Torino Olympics and a silver medal at the 2014 Sochi Olympics. He also helped Sweden win the 2017 IIHF World Championships. So Henrik Lundqvist has had, without a doubt, a tremendous career, certainly, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame career. And also, the New York Rangers decided to give uh, Henrik Lundqvist the highest honor at, that any player can get after their career. They put out this statement the same day, a couple hours after Henrik Lundqvist announced his retirement. They said, it is with mixed emotions that the New York Rangers offer our best wishes and heartfelt gratitude to Henrik Lundqvist on the announcement of his retirement. Henrik's commitment to excellence made him one of the best goaltenders to ever play the game of hockey. And we are so fortunate to have witnessed his greatness firsthand. For 15 years, as we congratulate Henrik on an extraordinary career and a lasting legacy of success, charity, and character, we are honored to announce that we will retire his number and raise his jersey to the Raptors at an upcoming game this season. Henrik is and always will be a New York Ranger. That is a job well done by the New York Rangers, and it makes sense. It makes sense because, look, do I think Henrik Lundqvist is the greatest New York Ranger goaltender of all time? No. I think he's probably the second greatest behind Mike Richter for the one reason and one reason only that Mike Richter helped the Rangers win a Stanley cup. Is that a fair statement? I think it's somewhat fair. I do get it that obviously Lundquist has all of the, uh, you know, he leads the Rangers in every other statistic for goaltenders, but Mike Richter was the backbone of the defense of a team that finally broke a 54 year, you know, curse. If you want to put it that way in 1994, and he was tremendous in the Stanley Cup finals and in the playoffs. Other than Brian Leach, he probably should have won the Conn Smythe for playoff MVP. He was that good. And that will always be something that I guess you could say Richter can hang over Lundqvist's head. But if Lundqvist had won a Stanley Cup, without, a, without question, Henrik Lundqvist is the greatest Rangers goaltender of all time. There would be no debate whatsoever. But he is the second greatest goaltender, in my opinion, uh, in Rangers history. And he is certainly 
one of the best goaltenders we have ever seen. He is, without a doubt, of this past generation, the greatest goaltender of that generation. And I know that some Devils fans may argue to say, oh, well, Marty was part of that. Well, here's the thing. Mark Timberder was getting towards the end of his career when Henrik Lundqvist was kind of getting into the prime of his career. So Mark Timberder was part of the previous generation of, you know, goaltenders. But it comes to this past generation with the likes of Lundqvist, Carey Price, uh, Ryan Miller, Jonathan Quick, Tuka Rask, guys like that. I believe pound for pound that the greatest goaltender of this past generation is Henry Lundqvist. Second is Carey Price. Um, both of those guys deserve to win a Stanley Cup. I was really hoping that Carey Price could get it this year, but unfortunately that did not happen. For Henrik Lundqvist, he got close, but he was three wins away from doing so. Um, and I look at it. Oh, and a guy like Roberto Luongo as well, I think should be somewhat mentioned in that, but maybe more in the same generation as Martin Berner. Um, and speaking of Roberto Luongo, on his Twitter at Strombone1, he did tweet out the Lundquist saying that they should actually form a podcast. Uh, I think it was like two goalies, no cups. I think that was the exact uh, thing that he said. I would certainly listen to this podcast. And who knows? Maybe they actually will do it. Um, and I would say right now to both my guys, Isha and Dylan, at the head of the Hockey Podcast Network, get on that. Let's get them being a part of the Hockey Podcast Network because that would be sick. That would be absolutely sick if we could do that. So I'm pushing it. Let's push it together. Let's try to get the Hockey Podcast Network on that 100% because I would absolutely love to see that. But I'm going to conclude this segment with this. I want to give my own personal opinion um, from a Devils fan perspective of Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist was phenomenal, not only as a player, but as a person. People forget that the Henrik Lundqvist Foundation is one of the top foundations in hockey that we have. This man was a class act both on and off the ice. And even though, yes, as Devils fans, we hate the Rangers and particularly we hate the fans, there were also a lot of likable players on that team for the last 10, 15 years, and Lundqvist was one of them. Uh, I loved his style, particularly with his pads. I mean, you look at the years that they were in the Winter Classic at Stadium Series. He embraced it. You know, he embraced the fact that he was there. He, you know, he had Yankee pinstripe pads for the Stadium Series game that I went to. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. His goalie mats for many years, you know, with the Statue of Liberty crown around it. Granted, that's a New Jersey thing, but still, we'll, we'll, get, we'll give it a pass. Um, was phenomenal. I loved Henrik Lundqvist. And as somebody who was a goaltender in ice hockey for a little while, um, not obviously Martin Berner was my main idol, but Lundqvist was one of those guys I tried to model my game after because he was just that good. As much as I hated saying it, he was just that good. And he, he so many times pissed me off as a Devils fan, but I admired the way he played. Um, I absolutely loved the way that he played. And I love the person that he is. He's just a down-to-earth great guy. Um, that is phenomenal. Um, there's a person that I became good friends with uh, many years ago uh, when I was learning to get my certification in broadcasting from Hofstra University. Uh, her name's Julie, Julia uh, is her name. And she actually was one of the ambassadors for, and I think she still is actually one of the ambassadors for the Henrik Lundqvist Foundation. Uh, and she's got the pleasure to meet Henrik Lundqvist plenty of times and really help 
you know, promote that charity, that foundation. And I wanted to give her a shout out as well. Um, shout out to you, Julia. Uh, I am watching, even though we haven't had a chance to talk in a couple of years, uh, I respect everything that you do and what you do to help Henrik Lundqvist. Um, and yeah, I would just say this to Henrik Lundqvist in some chance that he might be hearing this. I think I could speak for all Devils fans that yes, you were a New York Ranger and we always boot against you, but we will always respect you. We will always admire you. And we appreciate what you did for the game of hockey, for the rivalry between the Devils and the Rangers and the New York Rangers as well. Uh, you were a phenomenal goaltender. One of the best I've had the chance to see play. Um, and it's unfortunate you weren't able to lift Lord Stanley's cup, but there will be a place for you in the Hockey Hall of Fame in the near future. And we are looking forward to seeing you get that opportunity to have that speech and everything. And we look forward to seeing what you could do in your after hockey playing career. Maybe you'll be involved in something with uh, the New York Rangers or the game of hockey. Maybe you'll continue to do well with your band and continue to perform with John McEnroe. That would be great to see. Uh, you know, whatever you do, I know you'll do great at it. And I know you'll continue to be the class act that you were in the NHL and also off the ice as well. So I wish nothing but the best for you and your wonderful family moving forward. And congratulations on a tremendous and without a doubt, Hall of Fame career. So thank you so much, Henrik Lundqvist. You will certainly be missed from the game of hockey. Yours truly, a New Jersey Devils fan and a big fan of yours.